y'all welcome to the final episode for the debut album from her to eternity of today's lesson a nick cave podcast the last one for the album last one ever for this album we will never return to it i'm andrew and i'm sean and uh you know we wanted to start this episode off on kind of a, a somber note um due to the passing of anita lane um you know one-time partner of nick contributed lyrics to the song from her to eternity a uh, very strong track lyrically left the group after this debut album but still made some contributions um scattered tracks throughout their career uh, stranger than kindness uh, with Blixa and added vocals to Death Is Not the End and Kindness of Strangers. Added a, a to be honest, pretty rare female perspective to the band. Um, and, and yeah, we just wanted to, to kind of acknowledge that before we go forward. Yeah, it's sad as hell. And, you know, this is the only album in which she is a full member of the Bad Seeds. And like you were saying, it's it's a very rare female perspective in that she is the only uh female member that has ever been in the bad seeds officially and so yep um yeah as a as a creative force i think that she was just beyond respected by everyone in the band it was it was such a such a huge thing for her to be contributing um throughout their life and i some of the songs she's contributed to are some of my favorites um it was you know heart heartbreaking to read nick's um nick's statement on that and definitely recommend going out and, and reading that um red hand files is that yeah where to find that i believe so someone asked if they could if nick could say something about anita and you know he just said she was a force she was she was a creative force and um yeah it's just always sad this is the the last song on from her to eternity uh that we're looking at today so we'll have some album uh general kind of wrap up sean i i know you had a couple uh things uh, to say about some of the songs that we've already talked about that kind of have come up uh, since recording. Um, yeah, thanks for, for listening and embarking on this journey with us. We are still testing things out. Um, but yeah, we're, we're uh, about to, to finish the debut album. I did want to start off today with a correction. This song, A Box for Black Paul, that we're talking about today, uh, is the longest song on the album. I mentioned earlier that St. Huck was the longest one. That's just just flat out not true um i think that song does feel longer than this one due to some of the musical changes and um just all the lyrics and stuff but uh this is the longest song on the album that is it's big of you to come forward with that andrew and so i really i appreciate that yeah it's it's pretty big of me to come forward with something like this and i i uh 
respect to you for acknowledging that, and thank you uh, once again. Sean, a box for Black Paul uh, was written musically and lyrically by Nick Cave. Was it? Yes. Okay. I mean, at this point, you might not want to take my word for it, um, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure that's the case. I won't be fact-checking anything you say. (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy. Still have have Um, my implicit trust. (laughs) Sean, just let me get... Uh, let me get your initial thoughts. Where were you on the song uh, kind of coming in? So, yeah, coming into this, this song has always been... It's one of the big, long-form pieces that he does every once in a while. and so this, Some might say the longest. <laughs> some might. I, I thought it was St. Huck. Someone told me it was St. Huck, and um, I think that that's actually bullshit. I looked at the, the numbers. I just compared the two numbers, and this one's bigger, so um not sure who that was but this really reminds me of something like the carney coming up um in an album or two um coming into this this was one of my favorite tracks off the album and that didn't change whatsoever with this listen uh you get lost in it i it's 10 minutes but i think you know listening to it saint hunk feels longer for all the stuff that happens all the changes that happen in it um but this one to me feels shorter than it is because you just you just kind of sink into it. It's um it's the only slow dirgy piece on the album. And to get that right at the end, I think is really cool. It lulls you. It almost lulls me into sleep and it, it marks the death of the album in a really cool way. Um that never made me realize that it's ten fucking minutes long. Holy shit. Um so no, this this has always been close to my heart and this is still way up there in terms of um the rankings on the album. What about you? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think um, along with Well of Misery, it does kind of have that funeral sort of... I think that that the music for that one is almost more like a funeral march or a dirge. But this one, mm. I mean, thematically, it's kind of meandering a little bit, more so than St. Huck, which is so focused. Um, yep. I don't know. There's more repetition in this song. Musically, there's not as much going on. It's still great. It's still one of my favorites um, on the album. I think it's it's an interesting uh, bookend. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into get into what uh, what we kind of think of it. Um, I kind of did have an observation about the name Black Paul. You know, given that this is a sort of funeral tale, whatever. You know, the idea of a Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, cloth put over a coffin or, or just a darkness uh, yeah. you know, cloud a, a smoke hanging over something um i i, I huh. wouldn't be surprised if that's why he chose the name yeah that's that's interesting that's actually really good because um smoke or at least the inhalation of some strange gases comes into this later and yes yeah. Hmm. um yeah do you want to kick us off do you want to just uh, get into the into the text here yeah let's jump right in um begins with you know the main line here the big woodworking themed who will done it uh of the song which is who will build a box for black paul and this begins um with an indeterminate narrator but it's somebody asking inquiring on behalf of his soul um asking everyone around for a little information just a little indication you know who will dig the hole this part 
I don't I don't know what to make of this really. I think that this is when I was thinking through it, I was like, is this a supernatural entity swinging down? Is this, you know, an angel, a demon? Is this Nick himself? Is this, you know, the soul of Black Paul pretending to be someone else? Um, it almost feels like a priest coming into town and asking, you know, okay, now that this is done, now that he's dead, who's going to, you know, perform the last rites? Does that does that carry any water with you, Andrew? Yeah, I could, I could totally see it. For me, you know, I, this is something I thought about, not extensively, but... Um, to me, it just feels like a disembodied, omniscient sort of narrator. Yeah. Um, now, this narrator has sort of a dialect at times. Um, this narrator has, you know, I don't know if it's like a specific opinion, but he has some kind of, he kind of has an angle. You know, he he's critical of some things. Yep. Slightly. Um, but, well, maybe not even slightly, but. I'd say very. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And the the inquiring on behalf of his soul, it, that to me does feel like yeah, you could read that as like a priest or or someone someone uh maybe even longing for maybe it's not even on behalf of his soul but on behalf of, you know, our souls, you know. We we want to know who will dig the hole, we want to know who will take care of arrangements, yeah. you know, when something like this happens, we want to know who will do it for us, you know. I think it's kind of something we can get into as we go. Yeah. And, and that brings us, I think, to the next set of set of lines. Um, you know, who will dig the hole when you're done ransacking his room, grabbing any damn thing that shines, throw the scraps down on the street, look at all his books and his notes, all his books and his notes and all the junk that he wrote, um, the whole lot, the whole fucking lot right up in smoke. And that's where I think this turns. It, it feels like the guy walks onto the scene and says, okay, who's going to do this as kind of a matter of course, and then realizes what's happening um mm. after the death which it looks like people are just like decimating this guy's place and taking all the shit that he had um no respect and that's where i think that um the judgment comes in where the guy's immediately like hey what the fuck like who's gonna do this uh what are you guys doing and uh <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop what why knock it off you guys come on ain't nothing ain't there nothing sacred anymore won't someone build a box for black paul um and so, yeah, it becomes this kind of imploring, what are you guys, st- what are you guys doing? Um, but for some reason, these people around are ransacking through the, the through the belongings and the assorted works of Black Paul. It was, it's also the first indication that uh, Black Paul is some sort of artist, I think. So all of his books and his notes and all the junk that he wrote, um, to me, implies a writer artistry of some kind. And so starts leaning towards maybe a, a some kind of autobiographical um uh, uh bent to the song perhaps yeah definitely that's that's definitely what i i get from it um grabbing anything that shines is pretty funny like some of them aren't even going for his work <laughs> um necessarily it could just be his um you know his wealth or or artifacts um knickknacks uh you know there there's sort of almost a parallel to be drawn with uh from her to eternity where it's not what's on the page but the dust yeah. that gets the interest but yeah people people are just uh are are being vultures basically yeah um won't someone build a box for black paul 
and they're shooting off his guns, shooting off their mouths, saying, fuck with us and die, fuck with us and die. Let's see that rat of fear go scuttle in their skulls. Cover that eye, cover that frozen eye. Sean, what do you think about that? What do I think of that? So this is the real defensiveness around, hey, yes, we're doing this, but I think it speaks to the general ownership in this song. We'll see this later when it comes to what actually happened to Paul. Um, but the ownership of the act of ransacking his stuff when confronted with this, you know, who's going to build a box? Hey, what are you guys doing? Um, they're, whoever's doing this starts screaming and, and shooting and saying, fuck with us and die, fuck with us and die. And I think that the narrator, whoever he is, has the idea um, to strike fear into them of recording what it is they're doing. And so that frozen eye, uh, to me, is a camera. It's I, I believe that that is a reference to, you know, trying to take a snapshot and freeze what's going on and actually, mm-hmm. you know, place blame and ownership over over what it is they're doing and that you know the rats that are driving the controls in their heads start going oh fuck and and running away um i like that uh camera reading i didn't think about that um yeah i kind of read it as you know they're shooting off his guns maybe they found a bunch of his guns and they're firing him off could be sort of a parallel for we're tough like him you know maybe if it's an autobiographical thing like nick maybe it's you know, they're trying to be tough and scary, like, you know, whoever this artist was yeah. shooting off their mouths and just saying, you know, we're, you know, we're like this too. We're like this too. And then the, the frozen eye, like the camera thing, it could also be this idea of, you know, his corpse is supernaturally there or something like, oh no, mm. he's, he's watching us maybe from beyond the grave. I don't know. It's like some trying to think of a good example but like some it's kind of like those fucking hyenas in the lion king uh that are just like Mm. king shit until scar comes and (laughs) smacks him around (laughs) yep just like you know just like a bunch of a bunch of underlings that think they're hot shit until the real thing is present yeah absolutely and and i I love that supernatural reading where i don't know maybe they're even looking at paul's corpse maybe his eyes are open and, you know, they can't yeah. even stand to to look at him still. It looks like he's looking at him and, and judging him that way. Yeah, I like both those readings, both very different, but kind of, you know, both building this this mythos. Um, but then what, what actually happened to Paul? Because we don't know that yet. We're talking, I'm kind of talking like we do, but um, this next line, black puppet in a heap against the stoning wall, black puppet go to sleep, mama won't scold you anymore. Um, really brings us to what happened to Paul, and it, it sounds like he was stoned to death, which, as you know, is a great way for the community to come together and really stick it to somebody. Um, and so this kind of lays bare the the culpability for Black Paul's death and why a box even needs to be built. He was he was stoned to death, and so now he's just kind of in a heap there, and no one's touched him again. Um, yeah, if 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 we want to take that literally i think that that is what happened and and that's i mean you can take his death and and this manner of death literally or encounter some perhaps metaphorical stones being thrown um by certain people i i think it's it's you know it's a physical manifestation of of basically what's to come uh for the artist uh in regards to critics and and um 
other other artists perhaps well what's to come and what has already come because by this time it's it's well known that nick has a great disregard for critics and and journalists and hacks and um i think by this time he already feels kind of like a pariah for the birthday party work oh Um, for sure yeah i just mean what's to come in the in the song oh fair enough fair enough um but no that's that's an excellent point as well you can't get away from the metaphorical reading of um throwing the first stone or throwing stones um that has become such that you know everyone knows what that means (laughs) it's um, very, very biblical, very much a commonly used parable for any number of things. Yeah. And then we get this kind of gruesome imagery here. Armies of ants wade up the little red streams. They're heading for the mother pool. Oh, Lord, it's cruel. Oh, man, it's hot. Oh, man, it's hot. And some of them ants, they just climb to the spot. Um, what do you get from this, Andrew? Yeah, just some sort of violent imagery, obviously, kind of mirrors what we saw in St. Huck. But, you know, you also have this idea of like a swarm you know, swarming the body, you know, carrying kind of creatures. Um, You know, you've got the hot imagery, you know, obviously we've had that so far with with visions of hell. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I... That's why they call it the hot spot. Got a a shout out to 20 some years later. Um, Yeah, just always funny to see callbacks like that. Who threw the first stone at Black Paul? Don't ask us, say the critics and the hacks, the pen pushers and the quacks. We just come to get the facts. Um, you know, denial of of their intentions or their actions. Um, you know, I, d- I don't necessarily know that that Nick would buy that or that the nar- uh, narrator of this song buys that. You know, he's very kind of mocking yeah. of them. Yep. Um, we just come to get the facts could be like an indictment of a reporter acting like a, a scavenger type animal. Like we're just here to, to pick the bones, get the facts. Yeah, it's it's, you know, I, I like that this part is paired with that who threw the first stone and the first people to speak up or the critics and the hacks saying, don't blame us. And generally when that happens, it's because you, know, you did something wrong or you at least have an idea that maybe you did. Maybe you're justifying it to yourself. Um, yeah. but just as a general indictment of media frenzy, perhaps, you know, who did this and the media just not us, we're just here recording what's happening when yeah, maybe they clearly have a hand in stoking whatever it is that caused this. Absolutely. That's a great point and something, you know, still, uh, relevant today. Quite, 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 quite. Um, hey, 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 uh, <laughs> next verse here. Uh, here's the hammer. They built the scaffold and built the box. And here's the shovel that dug the hole in this ground of rocks. Um, looking at the objects, somebody somebody dug a hole and somebody built a box at this point. And so the the question of the song kind of becomes who built it rather than who will. Um, yes. But I, I like this, this turn because it, I think no one is ever blamed for the stoning no one is ever brought to justice in this song but um just the same if we're thinking about this as you know an artist and um tormented figure and you know who killed him not important who's going to honor him just the same no one's willing to step forward and do that and so somebody did it it's done but all we've got left are the tools that physically did it 
Um, yeah, the hammer that built the scaffold, the shovel that dug the hole. Like they're lying there, but no one's gonna. No one comes and cops to this. No one says, "Oh, I did it out of respect or whatever it would be." Um, yeah, yeah. Um, in this ground of rocks, and here is the pile of stones, and for each one planted, God only knows, a blood rose grown. These are the true demon flowers. These are the true demon flowers. Stand back, everyone. Blood black, everyone. So just, you know, some fun light imagery. Um, no, it's <laughs> it's the uh, it's sort of the, uh, the crime scene, the pile of stones, um, you know, sort of the idea that, you know, you get buried in a coffin underground, but also the idea of being buried under the pile of stones that have been thrown at you. And planting a stone um, is both yes. laying it in the ground, and if you throw it at someone, you planted it in them. Um, and so, from each stone thrown, I think that this speaks to the ripple effects of of actions like that, and that you know you're going to get, you might get something bad out of out of doing something like that. And so, the demon flowers here. <laughs> I looked up demon flowers; they aren't real. Um, there are some <laughs> there are some flowers somewhere that look like demons that I think are called demon flowers. Um, but it's, I think, a grim harvest, uh, from black blood, sp uh, spilled by, by whatever stones were tossed. Totally what I was, yeah, totally what I was getting from it. Um, you know, it, and, and sort of a non-distinct imagery, like, yeah, I think it's, it's sort of, yeah, you'll, you reap what you sow kind of, but it's not a whole lot more than that. And it's just really cool, cool imagery. Yeah. Um, for that. We'll build a box for Black Paul. We'll carry it up the hill. Who's going to do this? Come on. So now we have this pretty interesting turn. Um, not I, said the widow, adjusting her veil. I will not drive the nail or cart his puppet body home, for I've done that 100 times before. Yeah, I've done that 100 times or more. So, you know, ostensibly the wife of this this artist or or you know even if you don't want to jump right to that this subject of the song um she's already had to cart his limp body home you know probably from the bar oh. uh, maybe from a cat house you know just kind of she's sick of this shit <laughs> come on paul not gonna do it one more time fuck that why should I dress his wounds when he has wounded my dress nightly? Uh, right across the floor. So, you know, here, some especially kind of grisly language. Dress his wounds, you know, wound your dress. That's just kind of like a, a fun play with language, you know, flipping it. Um, physical, sexual violence, um, or just could even just be sex. Um, yeah. Sort of to me feels like you know when you read a, a biography or watch a documentary about an artist that kind of paints them in a bad light or let's say you used to like Morrissey a lot and then he says some really fucked up <laughs> stupid stuff it's kind of this like meditation on on the artist um sort of outside of their work I feel I don't know what do you think about that no, I, I completely agree. And so you have, you know, the, the consumers of the art, um, perhaps in this song, actually the ants who can't help but, you know, 
come to the fall of the artist and and do what they're going to do and you know soak up his blood and all this stuff that isn't really representative of what he was but is you know his essence um but then you come to the people around him the people who actually knew him in this case you know the wife or the lover um the people where he resided the people who actually ended up killing him um and you get a completely different picture and so i think you're you're spot on with that where um you know, it is a, a don't meet your heroes sort of situation um, where maybe people really enjoyed the artists outside, but then you come to, well, who's going to do the most basic honor um, after he's gone and you're not going to find anybody because what's underneath was not uh, nearly as, as worthy of respect. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and great call comparing the ants to, to the consumers of this person's work i really like that yeah, it's kind of the mindless horde drawn to drawn to spilled blood there's there's nothing more there than just this animalistic in um need to you know go where they're going as sort of a hive um but then you get to the the actual people who have thoughts and you know 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 what this person has done and you get a completely different picture and we come back to the question who will build a blocks <laughs> blocks who will build a Roblox for Black Paul? <laughs> I, I like, can we, let's workshop these two ideas. Let's do Roblox for Black Paul. And I kind of had an interesting idea. What about a box for Rand Paul? Oh, Jesus. Put that guy in a box? I wish someone would. I'd do it. I'd build the box. Oh. Build that box. <laughs> a revolution box. <laughs> I'm being shot at by the FBI. We need to cool it. Um, to... Someone just knocked on my door. <laughs> you got a window? <laughs> oh, shit. Covering that up. Okay, we're good. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you think we could ever get Nick Cave to do a concert on Roblox? <laughs> With... Only one way to find out. <laughs> I'm sure there are thousands of red hand file uh, submissions that he just tosses aside, but I'd hope that that one would give him a moment of pause and he'd look up Roblox. I just want to see him Googling what is Roblox. You just get a video of you looking up what Roblox <laughs> is and reacting to it, please. Thank you. Oh, God. Now we're mixing in reaction videos. What the fuck? Nick Cave reaction video to Roblox. I can just picture his face there with the big wide open mouth. Like, oh. This is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yikes. Anyway, back, back to the music. Who will, who will, who will build a box for Black Paul? Who will carry it up the hill? And who will bury it in the black soil? Um, we're back to this, this question. And I think that we're still back with that original narrator who is now... I think out of obsession, not obsession, but um, out of a need. And that's why I, I read this as kind of a priest who thinks it's just arbitrary, no matter who it is, you have to perform burial rites. Um, he's talked to all these people. He's seen all these things. He's still just like, who's going to do this? Please do this. Um, and the, the next line here, we get another perspective. Come the ghosts of his victims. We love you. I love you. And this will not hurt a bit. Out of my eyes was your rise to full glory. Spring up from the corpse of life will go up, 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 up into death, up, 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 inhale its special breath. Oh yes. Death, death favors those that favor death. Um, 
and this this throws me for a loop, and I'm hoping that you got something here, Andrew, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are the victims well. <laughs> who who is finally coming to his aid because it sounds like other dead people that he <laughs> victimized in some way are the only ones that actually appreciate him no that's that was an interesting loop and i think you can read this as you know i i don't necessarily read it this way but it's it's almost like those words can be seen as sort of mocking you know this will mm. not hurt a bit but i don't know that i necessarily lend that too much credence um it's kind of funny it's it's either you can take it really uh cynically and kind of go with that reading like oh the ghosts of his victims are mocking him um you know come with us or or uh you know maybe oh yes death favors those that favor favor death you could read it as like oh maybe that's one of his lines it's very poetic maybe they're reciting his Mm. lines and maybe it's um the opposite of that cynical reading maybe it's this adoring these adoring fans echoing his lines back at him yeah. or something like that yeah absolutely his his victims being his fans and i think that, that would actually be a a great self-referential sort of thing because in in the birthday party at least he very much victimized his fans he took great pride in attacking the crowds and um reading some interviews you know he <laughs> remembers fondly breaking people's teeth with the mic stand and and stuff like that we got off easy. He just flipped us off. Right we, yeah, places, I so. wish he would have hit me. God, he would have just kicked me right in the fucking teeth. <laughs> Nick, please. Um, we love you. I love you. I think that's it. I'm feeling that right now. Um, yeah. The more I, the more I think about it, the less I kind of no. take it cynically. Um, but I think when I was going through this song after honestly not listening to it for a long time that was sort of my first impression but now that we've sort of talked it through I, I well and it's it's then this this call to death right it's um the the victims as fans they say you know we saw you have this full rise to glory um and so now just take this last step and you know inhale this special breath and you know favor death come down with us um back to that that idea of paul being paul of paul hanging over the the scene you know i i got definite um sensor smoke references here um when somebody dies and you know maybe yeah eh, maybe a possible drug reference or something but even the soul is kind of a um physical manifestation would be in kind of this smoky thing and um inhaling death to just come down with them i think it is his fans who've already experienced this um saying yes come join us you know we're down here um this isn't gonna hurt a bit yeah we're just ants that are going to snack on you a little bit. Munchies. That's right. <laughs> it's the ants. Um, uh, moving on to verse five. Here is the stone and here is the inscription it bear. Below lies Black Paul under the upper, but above and beyond the surface flat fall there. What a phrase. This, yeah, that throws me uh, personally for, for a loop. So I think I think I got a good good take on this and we'll see that take so this take i i went and looked up what a fucking flat fall was um and a flat fall is a kind of fishing lure that you toss into the water and what it does is it mimics on the way down um the movement of you know a guppy or something that's appealing to fish and will fall straight to the bottom and then you raise your lure to wherever you want it to be um, between the surface of the water and the ground and the fish will often come and get it and it's supposed to be a super good lure at least from the advertisement I saw. 
but um Wait, what did i guess from... just take you to cabela's <laughs> website it did and this is a shout out to our newest sponsor cabela's <laughs> yeah all your flat fall needs um They'll love us after what we said about Rand paul <laughs> below lies black paul after what you said about what Rand i paul. don't try and disassociate <laughs> yourself from this andrew bradshaw radicalized me <laughs> To anyone listening. Anyway, below lies Black Paul under the upper. What I what I take this to mean is he's under heaven. The upper being the upper boundaries of wherever we can go. And so he's not going to make it to heaven. But above and beyond the surface, flat fall there. And so this conjured to me flat fall imagery where he's, he's not below the surface. He's not in hell. He's not, you know... Um, down quite a ways he stopped by the surface and is hovering somewhere in limbo and so he's of the earth he's still trapped here in some way um and i think this is supported later on in the text he's there there's something keeping him around and you know whoever wrote this stone clearly knew that that there's no way in hell this guy's getting to heaven based on what he's done but um he is very much of of man and and trapped on the earth for for some good reason that's my rating that's that's all i can figure no that's really good um and it kind of makes sense with the next line and all the angels come on down yep and all you men and women crowd around so this is a you know angels are coming down to to hell you know this is still on the material plane um in some respect and all the old widows weeping into their skirts and all the little gals and little boys and the scribes with their pens poised um you know, all the hullabaloo all the noise you know repeated clears his throat of black blood black paul singing like a lonely boy so now we finally got black paul with some autonomy um, yes he's finally sort of characterized you know everybody's sort of waiting on bated breath um pens ready you know with the scribes perhaps they're the critics perhaps they're the eulogists yeah, just just all of this, you know, basically this din is almost, you know, bringing him back to life. Um, yeah. If if he has truly passed at this point. Yeah, and it, it I think it's funny both that the angels are coming on down because it strikes me that they're kind of curious, um, and I I don't know if they're curious as to what he's going to say for himself or if they're curious as to how people are going to deal with what he says. But um, it's funny to see both, you know, man and these celestial beings both coming down to to hear this guy talk because you'd think that yeah. they'd know. Well, and something that just kind of occurs to me from from that is, you know, there's this sort of idea that creativeness or creation of stuff comes from, you know, the gods or whatever. And maybe they're maybe they've been speaking through them or maybe they're maybe it, it goes both ways. Maybe this supernatural sort of creation has permeated their world or whatever i i I, I think they're just kind of playing with language mostly but it's kind of this connection there i i do think it's very interesting here too that all these people are crowding around and looking at black paul um for also for the reason that it's almost like we're waiting for the victim here to explain himself um this man was just stoned and is is dead heaped against this wall and everyone's crowding around no one has yet asked who fucking did this (laughs) No one, there is yeah. no mention of like what the fuck happened it's just kind of accepted people are stealing his shit no one's gonna bury him um 
and then we get this this intro to black paul and everyone gathers around to see what he has to say about it and um i i don't know what to make of that completely but it's just such an interesting turn that we would you know that that this crowd would face the victim and say well why did this happen what's going on or at least be curious as to you know what he's about to say yeah and it almost lends some credence to the idea that that he isn't that the death is completely metaphorical right like yeah yeah it's it's just it's playing with that metaphorical and and physical sort of idea like you know maybe he wasn't stoned to death you know maybe he died of natural causes and this is the deathbed reconciliation kind of thing or maybe he never was in danger never died it's just an artist speaking up for themselves in the light of something that's come to light yeah or or this event simply existing in a world where you know this is just what happens you know people die and and they can still speak from beyond the grave supernatural is simply a fact of life and so everyone's just kind of like all right here it comes let's let's see what he has to say yeah yeah Well, I've cried 1,000 tears. I've cried 1,000 tears, it's true. And the next stormy night, you know, that I'm still crying them for you. And I had a gal, she was so sweet, red dress, long hair hanging down. And heaven just ain't heaven without that little girl hanging around. So, you know, we've got Black Paul singing. You know, maybe he was an, uh, a musical artist. You know, if he's, he's composing this, maybe he was a poet. Um, could just be a writer, too, but he's speaking in... in in verse here you know perhaps melodramatic uh romanticized you know as an artist would tend to do sort of version of what's gone down i had a gal she was so sweet talks about the dress you know wounded dress red dress kind of call back um maybe talking about the widow probably um heaven just isn't heaven without her around (laughs) <laughs> and she wouldn't even build the box so here you know he's sort of an uh, keeping with our theme of unreliable narrators um when he takes over it's like uh really dude i don't know <laughs> uh, but... Um, but he'll have more to say about this in the next stanza as well yeah and i don't know if he's unreliable so much as he is perhaps ignorant or like you said um you know, just just switching things up to make it more poetic. Because um, you'll hear a lot of times about artists who perhaps had these tormented relationships and, and some of it comes down to their own ignorance as to what it is the impact of their actions are. And so, you know, oh, he yeah. might have loved having her around and never once considered what the fuck she was thinking, um, including all the times she had to cart him home, all the times that he fucking beat her, all this stuff. Um so this is, yeah, an interesting stanza to come back and uh, see what Paul has to say. I think it's also interesting. He doesn't focus on the death at all. You know, this the, there is nothing here about what happened to him. He holds no animosity. He's not even, like, pissed that no one will build a box for him. He's not, there's no mention of anything that's mentioned in the song. It's just this verse that he has about, you know, why he's sad right now. Um, and it's very saccharine. It's very... yeah overly sweet um maybe the critics have a point because it's pretty like and i had a gal she was so sweet like it's pretty it's pretty corny it's it's corny as hell and it's it's this sort of like he's still put out by the fact that well she's not dead too um you know i've cried a thousand tears and i'm still crying him for you um 
this is it goes to that obsession with somebody perhaps not for who they actually are that we saw in um from her to eternity but with this idea that you have in your head of what they mean to you for you but you still have this idea that you're doing it for them um uh yeah it's it's interesting to hear black paul i i don't have a whole lot of sympathy for him at this point no Um, absolutely not uh much like uh just about every other subject on this album (laughs) yeah say it again but yeah so final final stanza here will i laugh you know i've been a bad man and lord knows i've done some good things too but i confess my soul will never rest until you've built a box for my gal too um my gal too kind of repeats uh sort of menacingly uh, yeah. <laughs> into the into the ether yeah killed and and from beyond the grave the only thing he can really focus on is that the person that he has perhaps trapped and abused this whole time is not yet dead with him yeah R- really really terrifying kind of ending you really run the gamut of a lot of emotions going through this song it really swerves and um yeah leads you to some weird places yeah no very much so and it, again like the artist maybe the artist has a better view of himself than everyone around him you know there's this there's this brief acceptance that i've been a bad man but uh i've done some great things too right and uh then it immediately devolves back into this selfishness this this sort of like well i'm dead and this can't be heaven unless you know this object of my desire has been arbitrarily placed beside me as well yeah Yeah. um so that's the final song on the album a box for black paul um there's uh, we both encountered this this isn't something that we i don't think we would have picked on picked up on out of context um what what did what did you find about uh this song as it relates to nick and his former band yeah so there's there's some chatter on the internet that this is actually a reference um, directly referential to the death of the birthday party. And so one of the, you know, 9-11 conspiracy style connections that people have drawn is that Black Paul, BP, uh, the initials match the birthday party. Um, Mm -hmm. Nick hates the press, hates what they did to the birthday party. And as the father of goth, um, that they kind of painted him as this abusive um, figure that got up on stage and attacked people. They misrepresented him in some way they would they would smile at him and then you know double back and and attack him in their prints um you get a lot of that in here maybe some animosity towards his former bandmates all this stuff throughout um yeah it's, it's supposed to be this eulogy or this you know dirge of who's gonna who's gonna respect what we've done now that it's dead and you know he knows who killed it and that's i think why we wouldn't get the the direct ask of you know who actually stoned us it's it's a given so yeah i like it it's a decent reading yeah i like it too i don't know enough about the birthday party to be honest to really you know corroborate any of that but it seems right and and we both found found that uh independently uh, in our research so it's probably something to it you know it's not in the text so we don't need to do that whole reading again under that uh context but i i think it's it's a cool thing and important to to kind of examine I, I will say after I after I went back with that kind of read in mind, I did notice some parallels between perhaps some birthday party work and this song, um, or at least some reused elements. Um, okay. Da, 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 what is it? The up 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 
um, is is used in King Ink. That is mm. um, a phrase that is used in there. Um, and you know, Black Paul kind of feels like the character of King Ink potentially. Um, we don't get a whole lot in here, but um, that song, you know, King Ink is walking into town. He's bigger than you think he is. He's all sorts of. He's just like this <laughs> terrorizing figure. Um, and that phrase. Yeah, exactly. He feels like he feels like the character from Red Right Hand or maybe Staggerly or somebody like that. Um, and, you know, we don't get a whole lot from Black Paul here except through the accounts of people who knew him. And I, I think that there's a connection there. And I think that King Inc. was also kind of a reference back to Nick um, himself as a character. Um, I dig it. The other one, I've cried a thousand tears, cried a thousand tears. It's true. Um, next Stormy Night, so crying it for you. This one's kind of a stretch. But... Um, you know, another little connection here, um, when, when Paul starts singing about crying a thousand tears, um, crying, of course, is a very popular birthday party song. Um, and although they don't really share any direct lyrics here, um, there is a weird connection um, when he says the next stormy night, you know, I'm still crying for you. There is actually a line from uh, one of Nick Cave's most famous uh, storm songs, which we will actually be talking about on the next episode, um, Tupelo where no fish can swim and that line is a direct pull from the birthday party song crying um crying a river that no fish can swim in and so I, there's little bits and pieces here and there and so I, I i see it and like i said going back with those with that in mind um brought these forward and i always think that's cool but i don't i don't know if that adds any credence per se no but it's i mean yeah it's it's you know these songs are part of a huge body of work and uh you know it's good to to draw those parallels whenever you can i mean it's same artist you know yeah and maybe it's nick himself ransacking what was what was the birthday party you know ransacking his room and throwing the scraps and books and notes and yeah hey look at that hey that's shining Woo! 100 percent cleared speed run (laughs) box for black paul we did it it's over s plus other than the music uh which i did forget fuck so um you know the music's very basic though um i don't want to belabor this it's basically it's kind of this menacing piano with some intermittent ambient blixa guitar noise yeah um the piano kind of fills out a bit as the song goes um I really like just those first two notes of piano that kind of fill you with dread uh, at the very beginning. Yeah. Yep. It kind of reminds me of like Zelda or something. Very mysterious. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. It's that, it's that sort of you entered a dungeon and you don't know what's about to happen. It's just, you know, it's going to get really dark. You know that there's not a whole lot of light where you're going. And um, yeah, you're in the last nine minute song of the album. Time to descend <laughs> into whatever madness awaits. <laughs> That's it. And I, I love Blix's. I love the guitar notes that it goes out on the um, wow, 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 wow. That just fades out. Mm. Um, and yeah. I love those hits throughout the song that that really accent uh, the piano. Like you said, that's that's about it. There's not a whole lot else there. And I think that's what lends itself to make the song go by quicker than saint huck like there's a lot more little turns vocally and and with noises and stuff and little parts to that song that makes it feel like a longer more almost progressive song whereas this is 
this is just a, a long story over over a, a very consistent song i would say yeah. maybe until very late in nick cave's career this is probably the simplest sort of um structures that they traffic in musically yeah I'd, i would have to agree yeah so that's uh that's from her to eternity uh the debut album yeah i guess uh let's uh do some album wrap up here i i what do you have kind of to say um in summation you know where are you now with the album any any other things you wanted to say about any of the the songs so far i, I would just say kind of let's let's roll with it yeah absolutely and so the album as a whole i don't think moved a whole lot with this re-listen um but it's still kind of an album apart you know placing it into the hierarchy of bad seeds albums i'm still just always blown away by the quality by the the realization as a debut album coming from something like the birthday party just how how tight um this became how tight and still how raw it is all throughout mentioned this at the start but um you know that's really what i take away from this we we go across such a landscape such ups and downs from you know in the ghetto to cabin fever to boxer black paul to finish it out and everything in between um i'm just i'm always in awe of this album even if it isn't my favorite thing that he's ever done yeah yeah i would say for me it's a strong if maybe uneven collection of songs um with lots of different odd instrumentation feels like they really tried stuff on every track um it doesn't feel as cohesive as some of the later stuff yeah just throwing things at the wall to kind of see what sticks in the aftermath of of his former bands it's a strong kind of thesis statement for what he wanted to do in the future if maybe you know not the clearest of visions um it's a collection of weird characters basically and yeah mostly malicious sometimes insane i guess you call them protagonists but <laughs> subjects subjects yeah um that kind of forms this weird like anthology series rather than puts forth this overarching narrative or theme um and i think it does well sometimes i prefer those more cohesive sets of songs this does kind of serve i think his new group because he can be like i do all these different types of things i can do long um literary sort of illusion you know with saint huck um i can do short but sweet kind of catchy dark tune like from her to eternity you know he can inhabit all these varying spaces and keep it fresh yeah when i'm gonna do a cover it's gonna be my song (laughs) after the cover is done oh totally um yeah no it's like you said i think that that's a really good way to put it it's such a strong thesis statement and we're gonna see echoes of this all the way through i mean like we said in boxer black paul you get echoes of higgs boson blues which is one of the newer things that he's put out and he's he's still using the same um the same material and it it always just feels fresh and so it's it's incredible to see um i did have some parting shots on a couple of these songs i wanted to run through um not so much yeah not so much revisions of of what i have said in the past i own what i said but at the same time, just you know, more insight into perhaps um, what the song is about, why Nick chose it, um, why Nick wrote it the way he did, um, and also because I have taken it upon myself to become more 
good at book learning. And so I, I started reading Paradise Lost, um, which, as as we all know, is a huge influence to Nick and, you know, an epic poem by John Milton um, in the Christian tradition talking about the fall of Adam and Eve, um, the fall of man, the fall of Satan, um, and the loss of paradise. And we'll see this pop up all over the place, but most of these shots, I think, are coming from that because <laughs> I'm wondering if Nick like read the first book and then called it good because I'm finding so many references in the first book. I feel like you know I'm only only a couple pages in and I'm already like, oh shit, here's everything. <laughs> um, but just want to go back to some of these songs and and kind of put it in in some context. The first being Avalanche. Um, there is there is a great passage um, in the first book of Paradise Lost where Satan is addressing the princes of hell after they've lost their battle in heaven. And um, he rallies Mammon, which is the, the god of greed or the, the prince of greed. And Mammon is throughout the Bible usually referred to um, not necessarily as an entity, but as, as money, as just, you know, the idea of money. And that was one of Milton's big things was he's railing against capitalism and excess and money um, because money is symbolic of real meaning. And that's another big theme in Paradise Lost is that Satan deals in symbolism. Satan deals in things that aren't real. He doesn't deal in the the actuality of nature and things in and of themselves. He deals in the symbology of it. And so Mammon, as a god of, of greed and money, makes a lot of sense to be a prince of hell. Um, but there's a great there's a great passage. Satan rallies the troops. Mammon starts, you know, giving out orders to all of his little demon guys. And they go and they dig beneath <laughs> the golden hill and they go for ribs of gold. Um, it's almost straight, straight pulled from Avalanche. And so I couldn't find anything where Cohen even ever mentioned Paradise Lost. Um, but even if it was unintentional, I can't imagine that Nick wasn't, you know, drawn in by that as, as something that, you know, clearly had influenced him up to this point. Um, yeah, exactly. That seems too, too rich to be full coincidence, but who knows? Yeah, too on the nose. And so, um... I thought that that was really cool um, as as kind of a look into where the influence and, and the why of these song choices are coming from. Um, well, of Misery, again, biblical. Um, I just kind of wanted to throw in there that maybe this is Adam and Eve. Maybe this is the fall from the garden. Um, and I started thinking about this because, you know, Adam and Eve are both condemned to leave the garden and wander the desert, which is where the, we find this character. They're, they're thrown into a life of toil. Adam is cursed with toil. He'll have to, you know, now work for whatever he wants. He'll have to dig in the dust in the desert. Um, and there's, there's even a direct reference to, you know, because he ate this fruit, what's going to grow for him now in the desert is um, thorns and thistles. And so that heart of thistle line feels like it was pulled straight out of there. And so, you know, this is really Adam sitting in the desert, toiling on something that he never would have had to in the past this well, you know, as a, as a way to gain sustenance now that he needs sustenance, um, bemoaning the fact that Eve, who was first cursed by God in the fall, uh, was, was abandoned by God. And now, you know, he sits waiting for death to go back to dust, um, similarly down in that desert. And so I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And one last hit, one last hit, St. Huck, reminiscent to me of American Gods, if anyone's read that. Um, this came to me because there is no mention of 
God in the song, which is really funny for a song called Saint Huck. Um, <laughs> you know, he's supposedly the saint and there's plenty of mentions of God on this album and this song is devoid of them. But we do get these kind of insights into gods of other things or perhaps things that rule man in some other way. Um, old man latrine, money, sex, the city itself, all of these things are kind of personified in a way that draws people in and um, ruins them, sucks them in, makes them worship in their own ways. And, you know, he's mourned even by perhaps a benevolent God, old man river, um, which, yeah, I, I thought was really cool as well. I don't know. That was, that was something that as I listened and re-listened for this, for this wrap up, I, I came to realize I'm not, not a huge fan of American gods, but I think it's a cool concept and, and feels really realized in this song. Oh, the first you know, third of that book, I think is really, really cool. And yeah I, yeah, I definitely could see where you're, where you're coming from with that. Um, and just that being about, you know, yeah, modern sort of, uh, God replacements or, you know, this, this new canon, um, yeah, makes sense with a song that's about the city and capitalism. Yeah. No, that, those are my parting shots. Like I said, not taking back anything. I said what I said, but, uh, just want <laughs> just wanted to throw those things in there it's food for thought absolutely no that's good stuff man um i don't know if this is something we we want to make a habit of but i was uh we both did this independently and decided we might share uh we ranked the songs as of right now in this moment uh, on this album sean did you include the uh the single tracks the ones that were on the cd only I did. I did not. So took this in two steps. I did not. And then I did. So I inserted them after I had made my other list. And I can okay. tell you, well, it'd be obvious where they, where they fall, but you could remove them. You could keep them in. List remains the same. Well, let's, let's list them off uh, with them in. Uh, Sean, what's your favorite song on this album? Do you want to try and do this at the same time? No. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, I think our first maybe four are probably the same maybe five maybe we're definitely not on the same page with a couple but okay uh our 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 favorite you know we've talked about enough uh saint huck pretty sure no has that changed from when we recorded that episode no it hasn't (laughs) i just wanted to be contrarian yeah so we're in agreement you know that's our favorite you know it's rich lyrically we've talked about it a ton um, what's your second favorite? Uh, well, of misery. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think we probably talked about that as well. But yeah, that's that's my second favorite. Yeah, um, pretty easy, especially musically. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, number three for me is uh, this song, Black Paul. Ooh, there we go, Boxer Black Paul. That's also my number three. Yeah, that this is where it gets kind of tougher for me. I think those first two stand pretty all um among the rest of these but these are probably where i would have put these songs a while back as well yes yeah thinking back to my first few listens i think that these were the ones that stood out um maybe not back boxer black paul i think that one's risen in the power rankings as it were i think it um, did after listening this time yeah i think musically it's maybe my least favorite um but I mean, lyrically, story-wise, yeah, it just—it doesn't matter at all. It's—it's it's, for me one of the more ambiguous songs too. Yep. Uh, very cool. Yep. 
But St. Huck and Well of Misery, for sure, were just immediately favorites. What's your number four? Cabin Fever. Interesting. Yeah. Um, my number four uh, was the same song, Cabin Fever. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we're just totally synced up. Holy shit. Well, we got... Until I make you really mad. <laughs> um, what? Uh, what? What's your number five? Number five for me is From Her to Eternity. <sighs> from Her to Eternity. That's my number five as well. Holy All shit. All right. We're we're top we're uh we're really in sync on this one i know that's gonna change as we go uh album to album but <laughs> very much so but let's what's see. your number six what's my I'm, number I'm six curious do you want to hazard a guess on this one i don't i think it's gonna be different for both of us all right here we go number six coming in at number six we've got avalanche mm, interesting my number six is a different cover really shocking after what we said the lyrics are not that great you know obviously we talked about it (laughs) but there is something about the vocal and musical performance of in the ghetto that really i just i can put that song on anytime i love it yeah sounds great not an important song at all in the canon of nick cave but that's where it is for me but i think that if you can say it's better than elvis that's high praise and i i would feel that this is better than elvis well, an av- avalanche is is great, and the fact that it's not here doesn't mean I I dislike it. It's it's just um, there there's more musically going on for me and in the ghetto and vocally too. I think avalanche is a much better written song in terms of the original. Like there's that's no question yep. for me. Um, but just in terms of my enjoyment, um, what's your number seven? That would be the moon is in the gutter oh interesting yeah okay i i really dig that song it's light it's there's there's not a whole lot going on as far as meaning goes necessarily but as just a little he said on box for black paul a little slice of life a snippet into to somebody i i really dig it i love the i love the music i love the the imagery i don't know i i really do dig it and so this was a contest between of course the last two remaining songs in the ghetto and wings off flies and i I think that this one was number one of those three. So interesting. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got wings off flies. Oh. could have guessed that. Um, is seven. Saw that um, one coming. Yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it does do a little bit more than Moon is in the gutter for me, which is my number eight. Running things off with my least favorite, which is Avalanche. Damn, that's. I just uh, it does nothing for me musically. Uh, to be honest um great tune his version is awesome i'd love to see it live and it was a staple of their live shows i think it probably just does a little better in that scenario yeah that said you know it's a it's a well-written song it's got so much going on um but just on this re-listen especially i just not it's not one i go back to no no that's fair i i can see that and actually you know these last Really, these last four, um, Avalanche, Moon is in the Gutter, In the Ghetto, Wings Off Flies. It, it was hard to rank these. I think these were almost their own separate yeah. ranking. Um, the rest of them had a pretty clear fall, and these are the ones I go back to. But these these ones, you know, I had In the Ghetto as number eight and Wings Off Flies as, as my least favorite, which is, which is interesting because it's not to say that I don't like those songs. I love this whole fucking album. And so... <laughs> it's funny. 
I was more down on Wings Off Flies than you were, I think, but it's ranked higher here, and that's just, yep. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, they're all, we're we're going to rarely be probably this aligned going forward. Yeah, very, um, very much so. That is to say, we'd like to hear what you think um, about these songs. Uh, what's your ranking? You know, hit us up, let us know. We'll, um, you know, we're always down to talk about that stuff. Um, speaking of, uh, we've got a couple, couple little feedback snippets uh, we wanted to uh, read and address. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to do mine? Do yours. Do yours. Let's bring that up. So this is uh, this is a, a comment, um, a Reddit comment from Turkey with great hair, <laughs> great, being spelled G R eight. Really, just a great, great, great username. Big fan. Um, they say. I'm so glad this exists. My three favorite musical artists are Ween, Butthole Surfers, and Nick Cave. Uh, Quebec by Ween. Definitely on my short list of, of great, great albums. Um, a podcast like this exists for Ween. Pod Ween Satan, if anyone is curious. And I was thinking, I wish a podcast existed like this for Nick Cave and Butthole Surfers. Two down, one to go. Uh, any Butthole Surfers fans out there, you know, get to work. Um... Nick Cave's songs have so much density and depth, too, so this is very nece- necessary. Um, yeah, we feel the same way. That's why we do this. Um, songs are deep, de- uh, dense. So yeah, we like to go line by line and, and just kind of go through a song at a time. And thanks for thanks for commenting. It's great to hear positive feedback. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, hell yeah. And then I'm going back to Butthole Servers, actually. I listened to listened to some stuff last night and uh i've never actually delved into that but always love always love those sort of recommendations any nick cave fan if you've got you know other favorite artists love to hear it always always want to get exposed to that stuff the surfers are are great too i just have a little bit more familiarity with ween yeah no i and like i said i've scratched the surface who was in my room last night is like the only thing i know about all surfers but (laughs) digging in um we also had someone reply on Twitter, uh, Sid Punk, at Sid Punk Hates You on Twitter. Um, I love in the podcast so far, um, but I must say in this episode, you implied the narrator killed his wife and kids in Song of Joy, and I don't accept that. Uh, Nick Cave's voice seems sinister in it, but I feel the overall vibe is very much of a grieving father, and I love it for that. Love you. So Sid Punk, Sid Punk Hates You. Thank you for the love. Um and thank you, thank you, thank you for the contrasting opinions because that's what's so great about these songs. And I would, I would have to agree with you on "Song of Joy." Um, it's, it is very much up for interpretation. It is, is one of those things when we, when we get these characters that Nick draws, these, you know, these ambiguous songs, these stories. There's always room for interpretation. There's, there's always something more you'd take away, and, and especially with "Song of Joy." I love that this is a guy coming in the middle of the night to this guy's door. And this is the exact conversation this guy's having in his head. You know, he's, he's getting told this gruesome tale by this traveler. Um, and the traveler's asking him for a room staying in his house. This is the back and forth going on in that song. And, you know, to talk about that ah, fills me with joy. I That's why we're doing this podcast. And so thank you so much, Sid, for the, for the feedback. Thank you so much for the comment. Um, and I encourage anyone anytime if we say something that you're like no that's not how i'm reading that reach out say that we love that um make this conversation it's 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 always a conversation makes it worth it honestly yeah yep 
because as much as I like talking to Andrew, um, honestly, I get bored. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of just like, you know, just this guy. Who is he? Just some dude. Thinks that songs are 10 minutes long or 11 minutes long. Who knows? Who knows how long he thinks these songs are? Um, I can't tell time's so good. <laughs> it's, it's not great. So please continue to reach out. Um, as always, at Today's Lesson Pod on Twitter. Um, we've got email Today's Lesson Pod at gmail.com. We have somewhat of a Reddit presence. Um, if you ever see us posting on there, please do on our Nick Cave um, reply and let us know what you're thinking. Um, and as always, we've got Patreon, patreon.com slash today's lesson. So, yeah, please, uh, you know, in addition to giving feedback, um, tell a friend, you know, share the share the podcast um, with people um, where applicable rate and review uh, five stars only um, any less than that. Uh, take a hike go suck it you will be punished sean what should they be listening to for next episode that's right we are done with from her to eternity and as such we are moving on to the next album in the series the firstborn is dead the second studio album from nick cave and the bad seeds and next album, uh, sorry, next episode is going to be a big one. Um, we're focusing on a classic song, one that is a staple of live shows and one of his most famous pieces, Tupelo. So take a listen. It's uh, it's a long song, not quite as long as St. Huck or, or Boxer Black Paul, but clocking in at about seven minutes. Fantastic tune. Uh, check it out. And we will be back then with more to say about, again, the first song off The Firstborn is Dead, Tupelo. Yeah, and and you know it, we can compare songs, you know, all day. But I think this is one of the, this might be the most notable one that we've tackled so far. I mean, Saint Huck and From Her to Eternity are, are pretty big uh, for him, but to me, this feels like the first real like big time classic. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... Storms are coming. We are Tupelo bound. Until next time, we we do like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds a lot. We love we love it. I I have no qualms saying that I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Do oh. you want to? I don't I don't know if we've done this before, but do you want to you want to try saying it at the same time? I have a vague recollection of attempting this before, but yes, absolutely, of course, of course, okay. one two three four five six i set we we love 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 nick cave cave and and the the bad seeds seeds we'll put it together in post bye bye